and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We'd also like to invite you and your family to join us for our annual Walk for Life coming up on September 7th at 9 a.m. For more information about this event and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. This morning, we're mainly going to be talking about our identity. All right, so we're going to start off with a story. I'm going to read this to you guys. So this is the story of the three trees. Has anyone ever heard this story? Okay, I really like this story. So our topic today is identity. So as we're reading through this, just be thinking about what the word identity means. So once upon a mountaintop, three little trees stood and dreamed of what they wanted to become when they grew up. The first little tree looked up at the stars and said, I want to hold treasure. I want to be covered with gold and filled with precious stones. I'll be the most beautiful treasure chest in the world. The second little tree looked out on the small streams trickling by, by the way on the way to the ocean. I want to be traveling mighty waters and carrying powerful kings. I'll be the strongest ship in the world. The third little tree looked down into the valley below where busy men and women were working in the busy town. I don't want to leave this mountaintop. I want to grow so tall that when people stop and look at me, they'll raise their eyes to heaven and think of God. I will be the tallest tree in the world. Years passed. The rains came, the, the sun shone, and the little trees grew tall. One day, three woodcutters climbed the mountain. The first woodcutter cutter looked at the first tree and said, This tree is beautiful. It's perfect for me. With a swoop of the shining axe, the first tree fell. Now I shall be made into a beautiful chest. I shall hold wonderful treasures, the first tree said. The second woodcutter looked at the second tree and said, This tree is strong. It is perfect for me. With the swoop of the axe, the second tree fell. Now I shall sell the mighty waters, thought the second tree. I shall carry mighty kings. The third tree felt her heart sink when the last woodcutter looked her way. She stood up tall and straight and pointed bravely to heaven. But the woodcutter never even looked up. Any kind of tree will do for me, he muttered. With a swoop of the axe, the third tree fell. The first tree rejoiced when the woodcutter brought her to the carpentry shop. But the carpenter fashioned the tree into a feed box for animals. The once beautiful tree was not covered with gold nor with treasure. She was coated with sawdust and filled with hay for hungry farm animals. The second tree smiled when the woodcutter took her to the shipyard. No mighty selling ships were made that day. Instead, the once strong tree was hammered and sawed into a simple fishing boat. She was too small and too weak to sail in the ocean or even a river. Instead, she was taken to a little lake. The third tree was confused when the woodcutter cut her into strong beams and just left her in the lumberyard. What happened? The once tall tree wondered. All I ever wanted was to stay on the mountain and to give glory to God. Many, many days passed and nights passed. The three trees nearly forgot about their dreams. One night, golden starlight poured over the first tree as a young woman placed her newborn baby in the feed box. I wish I could make a cradle for him, her husband whispered. The mom squeezed his hand and smiled as the starlight shone on the smooth and sturdy wood. This manger is beautiful, she said. It will do just fine for my son. And suddenly the first tree knew he was holding the greatest treasure in the world. One evening, a tired traveler and his friends crowded onto an old fishing boat. The traveler fell asleep as the second tree quietly sailed out onto the lake. Soon a thundering and thrashing storm arose. 
The little tree shuddered. She knew she did not have the strength to carry so many passengers safely through the wind and the rain. The tired man awoke. He stood up, stretched out his hands, and said, Peace. The storm stopped as quickly as it begun, and suddenly the second tree knew he was carrying the king of heaven and earth. One Friday morning, the third tree was startled when her beams were yanked from the forgotten woodpile. She flinched as she was carried through an angry, jeering crowd. She shuddered when the soldiers nailed a man's hand to her. She felt ugly and harsh and cruel. But on Sunday morning, when the sun rose and the earth trembled with joy beneath her, the third tree knew that God's love had changed everything. It had made the third tree strong. And every time people thought of the third tree, they would think of God. It was better than being the tallest tree in the world. So guys, y'all can see the correlation between these trees, they had their own dreams in mind. They had their own goals in mind, but God had a different plan. So when we're talking about our identity today, I want you to understand that God is doing 10,000 different things in your life right now, but we may only be able to see one or two. Okay, so when we think that everything's going to crap, that we don't know what the heck's going on, God always knows what's going on, and He knows who you are, and He has a plan for you. So even though in this, in this story, the trees, they had certain goals, God ultimately had an even greater plan for them, right? If y'all got your Bibles, go ahead and take them out. And <clears throat> first off, on your index cards, since we're talking about identity, I want y'all to write down the answer to this question. Who are you? And I'm not talking about what your name is or whatever, but who are you? Think about that question and write it down. It's kind of a difficult question, huh? Yeah. So, what we're going to be focusing on today is we're going to focus on whose are you so that we can figure out who I am. Okay? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, we're going to go back to the very beginning. So, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Genesis 1.27, all right? And then I'll read this for us. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So guys, what I want you to understand is that you were made in the image of God. So someone answer this for me. What does it mean to be an image bearer in general? To bear someone's image. What does that mean? Yeah. To resemble them. Yeah, to resemble them. What else? Represent. Yeah, to represent. Exactly. So guys, what I want you to understand is that every single person on this planet is made in the image of God. That is who you are. Christian, not Christian. Everyone is made in the image of God. Okay? So that stands for such as like our ability to think, our ability to imagine, our creativity. All of those are traits of God, our morality, things like that. And God has given you that ability, and He's given everyone that ability. Christian, not Christian. Everyone. All right? So when God made you, He thought of every single piece of you. He thought of what you would look like. He thought of your personality. 
exactly what your humor would be like, how you would talk, what your eyes looked like. He thought about every single piece of you. And guys, he still thinks about you so many times throughout the day, every single day. All right? So you are so valuable to him. But on the subject of our identity, so as a person, we are made in the image of God, right? So one thing that the devil, one of his main goals is to help you ruin your identity and get a bad look on your identity. So if we are made in the image of God and Satan can steal our identity or twist our identity, that can twist our idea of God and the way that we look at God. Because if we don't know who we are and we're made in God's image, then how can we ever know who God is? How can we ever know what God is like if we don't know who we are, right? So <clears throat> we will never like truly be able to know who we are or what we can do if we let Satan take our identity. So we can have complete peace when we know who, whose we are so that we can know who I am, okay? So let's take a look at some ways that we can gain um, our identity. So the first thing I want you to understand is you are more of a spiritual being than you are a physical one. We are way more of a spiritual being than we are a physical being because our spirit lives forever. This physical body is temporary, okay? So secondly, you are who God says you are, okay? Only the creator has the authority to label its creation, okay? So if I was to make a new, let's say like a new cell phone or something, as the creator, me alone has the ability to label it and tell it its purpose, okay? So it doesn't make any sense. It's just common sense. It doesn't make any sense for the creation to tell the creator what its purpose is. And that's what we try to do all the time. And that's what the world tries to do. We as humans, we try to tell God what our purpose is. And we try to do it on our own. That doesn't make any sense, right? Because the creator is the only one who can tell its creation what it's built for and what it's made for. And guys, the Lord has such an awesome plan for you. And just like what we talked about last night, he has given you opportunities specifically for you to do good. And he's given you opportunities throughout your life for you to do good that are specific for you. And he knows what your purpose is. And he knows exactly what he put into you so that you can do the good that he set out for you to do. So people around us cannot give us an identity because they don't, they don't know us. And they've never seen anything like you before. So when the world is trying to scream at you, just like that activity we did last night when, when we hear all the voices, that's kind of how it is in our lives, right? Because we just have so many distractions. TV, school, friends, like everyone is trying to pour into our lives. But guys, like we cannot accept our identity from anyone except from our Creator. Because when we try to accept some, our identity from someone else, it's always going to be a lie because they have never seen anything like you before. So how can they even give you a label or a purpose? We have to rely on our Creator to give us our identity. And another way that we can help gain 
our identity is your value drops every time that we focus on ourselves. Okay? Because, guys, when we are constantly looking at ourselves, when we are constantly focused on what we're doing or what we're good at or what we're bad at, we always see our flaws. Every time. But, guys, when we focus on the Lord, when we focus on Him, we only see His glory. So when we focus on us, we only see our flaws. But when we focus on Him, we only see His glory. Okay? So every time that we flip the frame and look at ourselves instead of focusing on God, we can only see ourselves through broken lenses because we have broken eyes. We have, we have a broken world around us. So we can only see brokenness. So I want someone to turn to Hebrews 3.1 and read that for me. Right. So this verse is telling us to fix our thoughts on Jesus. One of the best ways that we can learn how to fix our thoughts on Christ is worship. Because worship has nothing to do with us. It's all about Him. So worship is not just us going to church and singing songs um, with everyone. That is super important, and we should be doing that. But we should also be worshiping on our own. And we have to learn to worship on our own. Um, every day in my life, what I do the, is when before I spend time with the Lord in the mornings when I get up, I always start with worship because worship helps focus your thoughts on Christ. So we have to learn how to worship on our own. Okay, That means singing songs on our own, listening to worship music on our own. But guys, that's one type of worship, but worship is also a way of life. Okay? That is the way that we should live. Every action, every word, every breath that we take should be a form of worship back towards Christ. And we have to learn how to do that. And we're going to talk about what it looks like um, to get good at living a life of worship and what that looks like and how we can do that. So just, just remember, your value drops when we, when we focus on ourselves because we can't see anything but our flaws. So... We're turning our eyes, we're turning our thoughts towards Christ. So here's some four things that I have to say to myself every single day. And I literally do these. And I want you to write these down so that you can remind yourself every day of these. All right? So the first one is, I put what God says before what I think. And then the second one is, I put who God is before who I am. And then third one, how God responds before how I respond. And then the last one I want you to write down is I put what God sees before what I see. I put what God sees before what I see. So we can only find complete truth from God, okay? So literally the Bible is God's spoken word. And we have it right before us. So if we can only find complete truth from God, we have to realize that in our life. We cannot think complete truth, but this is complete truth. And we have to know what it says so that we can apply that to our life. Okay, so we have to put what God says above what we think. Because, guys, we're not perfect, and we cannot think 
perfectly, right? But God is perfect, and, we, and if we do what He says over what we think, everything goes so much smoother, even if it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it doesn't make sense, but that doesn't matter. We're still called to do what He says over what we think. In the Bible, there are so many promises that God has given you, and we can just see how much God loves you just from opening the Bible and looking. If the king of the universe that created everything loves you, but we're too worried about what the world thinks about us, like that is so backwards thinking, right? We should, we should take God's thoughts way more valuable than what the world thinks about us, what other people think about us. So what I want you to understand from all of these things is that everything is about Jesus. And if we look in the Bible, every story points to Christ. And that is the same thing that should be in our life. Everything should point to Christ. And guys, what I want you to understand is that you are not the hero of the story. Jesus is. You are not the hero of your own life. Jesus is. And when we, when we can understand that, guys, it takes so much pressure off of us. Because we know who we're serving. We know whose we are before who I am. Because who I am is nothing without Jesus. I'm going to read this verse to you and then we're going to do another little activity. <clears throat> this is Psalms 139, if y'all want to turn there. Psalms 139, 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. I'm going to read that one more time. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. We're going to talk a little bit about insecurities. Okay, so each of us struggles.